0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels.
1: Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW Future Stars Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing today?
0: Doing good. What are we, rehashing guests now? What's going on? Well, you know what? Um, Remy
1: Marcel approached me and uh, he was dripping blood from a spike in his head. And, you know, when you feel compassion because someone is physically bleeding in front of you, you just kind of go, yeah, we'll get you out. We'll put (laughs) you out."
0: I have no idea because you can ask all the guys. I have no empathy for nothing if you just ask them. It's true. It's true. He's, he's a cold-hearted bastard. That's right.
1: How how are you doing, man? How uh, how has the uh, recoup been since that big match uh, at GC- GCW versus FSW? Where um, well, I, I assume that you uh, had like shish kebab on that skewer, right? I mean, I'm i I'm a I'm not as worse for wear as other people. You know, Bone and Cody took a little bit uh, more of the
2: brunt for the uh, for the colors, and uh, I just I for. All intents and purposes, it wasn't the most ideal situation. Uh, heading into that, I asked Joe. I said, yo, man, uh, you know what this guy does? And he assured me he knew, and that nothing would, nothing of that nature was going down. He said it was going to be a, a wrestling match. He's like, "We here at FSW, we do wrestling here. Sure you do. Sure you do. I think I was the old bait and switch. He said, hey, I can well, get you a you, match. You know,
0: the, the bottom I on the show. was – you know, Chris Bay wrestled him, and he didn't take spikes in the head because Chris Bay said, "I'm not going to take spikes in the head." You, I mean, do the same thing. Listen, I li- listen. You wanted, man, the, the glo- you wanted the glory. You wanted the glory. Come on.
2: <laughs> sure, sure. I think it was the old bait and switch. I think you got more of a thrill out of that one than uh, than anybody else, bro. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fine. And Bay went through a door that night too. So I mean, like again, who who really got the brunt end of the, of it all? And like there he goes. Goes. GCW and FSW, you're just you know what you're in for right and that's kind of the, the night of it no matter what Joe had told me no matter what bait switch uh, I can sit here and produce uh, for you which is what actually happened. I knew what I was getting myself into I mean I knew what was going to happen that night uh,
0: you know you know it was like the whole disco situation you know I'll take the blame for everything and everybody blame me for booking disco versus Effie but that was the only match that I had no say in. Because Brett insisted on Disco, I, I mean that's, truly, that's the entire that's time, and I got the Twitter lambasting like I can't. <laughs> but the bottom line was Brett was right; that got the most heat on the entire card, and the match was
2: fairly uh, an entertaining as fuck match. I mean, like, how do you not go in there with the idea that a Disco can? I mean, Disco in in general, right? And then Effie is probably at the peak of where he's at today. Uh, you know, both with the show and working, he's getting a lot of notoriety. I really, I think if, I think if there's going to be a next one probably going or signed or whatever, I mean, he's definitely in that boat, whether or not uh, it depends on where he lands. I don't know. And he might even have his own thing that we don't even, you know, I mean, he might not even want to go anywhere. Who knows? He might be fine and Danny just where he's at doing right now. But to the idea of not having him versus Disco as an entertaining uh, it, like i that's price of admission right there, right? I mean, yeah, alone.
0: It, it started with the promo. Disco had a great promo to start and Effie, Effie came back. And even after the, after the match, Disco was like, man, I didn't know that guy can cut such a good promo. <laughs> Disco I mean, was popping for it. I Listen,
2: you, you get two of them, you get two entertaining people. It's going to create magic. And I mean, that, that goes with like what happened this weekend. I, it just goes to show what, when wrestling is done in a good manner and Brett knew both you and Brett knew that while Jay Vidal is idealistically the local hot favorite person that should be getting Effie at the moment or the shade, you know, which was the two in the running for locals, which absolutely you, you, any day of the week, Joe would throw you the local, but when something comes down from a a higher power, a higher office and Brett knew exactly what he wanted and he knew disco and Effie was going to be something amazing. So for all intents and purposes, that's exactly what it ended up being because the crowd was hot that night for all, all the matches. I mean, everything that they gave them that night was crazy. And you led right into – every the, that flow of the show was perfect. The first match was high and intense. And then me and uh, Koger had a pretty good, like, both wrestling and then it got a little weird. And then, you know, you came back with some disco effie and then it led right into, uh, you know, Cody and – and uh bone with with the uh murder death kill favorites and i i think that's i don't know uh hopefully fsw got put on uh some sort of pedestal because i know a lot of people uh have been putting over the gcw kind of going into territories and uh it being that core guys versus whatever and i think if at some point if joe or rocky can get to fsw to do that that would be a great you know, cause it seems to be like, that's kind of what's going on, right? Everybody's kind of floating their flag, GCW, FSW. Uh, uh, and these are the people that you kind of get with that. And the corporate show is the combined shows when you get guys like Bay versus Koger, uh, where it's both good wrestling and then they can take it to the next level. Listen, we're all, we're all in that boat. And I think, uh, I think, I think I just proved that uh, people might have questioned that. And that's where, where my role was for that night right? If you questioned anything about what I, did, I was, I was going to put it past you. And I think that was more on Joe
1: giving me the opportunity to do so. You know, Joe, when you think about what Remy said in terms of being able to go to different territories and fly your flag, how much consideration have you given to that? And how rough would it be in terms of the risk that you would be taking of let's say a money hemorrhage from doing something like that. If there's not enough support in terms of where you're going, like how would you make something like that work? Cause it seems like it's very difficult unless you have that type of GCW following.
0: That is true. But what GCW did and what we did is we have the following in Vegas. So us having the, the, the following in Vegas, you know, GCW can't go to every town and just feud with one of the companies and it'd be a big deal. You know, we're kind of a big deal and they are a big deal. So what we need to do is like, we have a great relationship with Dom who runs Phoenix championship wrestling and Remy and Cody, the Suavecitos and a lot of their guys, as well as Hammerstone and Graves and class, they're all part of that show anyway. And like, even for the first show, Dom's like, Hey bro, we're, you know, we're looking at running this date. Are you going to run? And it's like, well, we can kind of, you know, mix up our schedule. If you're running that day, I want to give my guys the opportunity. So I'm not going to, there's no sense. We could run the, the day before. We could run the week later, you know. But the idea, and we've had a couple of the talks, and Gallo even on here, they just ran their first show back. So they need to get up and running. They need to get themselves out there. And they killed it on that first show back. So now, being that we already have the influx of FSW guys already there to now work some storylines in to do some kind of invasion, some kind of joint thing, I think that's the, the best option for us because we also – FSW's name carries a little weight in Arizona because of the fact that we had FSW Vegas. So there's some longtime fans who kind of know who we were and just with the guys that we use, you know, when, when people see stuff – from Phoenix about Hammerstone and Graves in class, the majority of their stuff is what they're doing in FSW in Vegas. So I I, mean, I, I
2: that's, that, that's, yeah, that that's, that's a, that's true. But I think a lot of it also in the last, like maybe three to five years uh, happens to be that, their promotions v- virtually steal everybody from Vegas and how Vegas talent is predominantly FSW. Right. So yeah, Jay a- FSW Arizona
0: and, five team that Arizona wrestling Federation, I joke and call it FSW Arizona. Well,
2: I mean, that's, they're going to go to the closest place with the best talent and they know that they right. are going to produce, you know, and <laughs> While some talents get more, uh, you know, used than others, and that's for whatever reason that is, you know, that's kind of where you you kind of, I don't know. I, I think you play the game with the idea that you're trying to use the best talent that's around, that's closest, that's viable, that you can produce. It's the same thing Joe does. Uh, and any local uh, territory will probably end up doing, you know. Uh, Arizona, though, it just, it has a small, a very small influx of talent over the last, little bit i think dom and what they're doing out of the uh uh, pcw arizona crew uh, you're starting to see that that first like uh uh, battle royal you saw a lot of good talent coming out of there and that's where i think it would be beneficial to both run uh a joint show of some sort or at least something to where there is some sort of something to it you know they're already using a lot of us right um so why not try to make the most out of everything to where maybe you're you're able to create a bigger show or or like maybe there is like a venue to where they drew a lot of people at that show that outside venue and then we drew a lot of people at the um uh what's it what's the latest venue called me, the
0: amusement.
2: amusement right so we we had a pretty big show between the two now we can actually actually Think about maybe doing a, a built show to, to, to maybe piggyback one night in an FSW joint show, big show, and then we go back and do it in, a, in Phoenix the next night or something of that nature vice versa, because we're already doing that. You know, the talent's
1: already being used. Why not? Yeah, that's a very good um, way of looking at it and thinking about it. Um, let's, let's talk about some of that influx of talent. Um, we just had high octane this past uh, Friday night um between the two of you uh, you know we have different perspectives on uh what you know what what when what went down and how some of the uh the guys are coming along and let's start with the suavecitos did that live up to your expectations joe and then remy if you have anything about that match as well um how how do you think that match actually uh, came off
0: I thought it came off uh, extremely well. The Suavecitos are very talented for the time that they have been in the business. Uh, They really get a huge reaction for guys that haven't been doing it very long. And, you know, I specifically, you know, put that because Danny's an annoying person who is easily disliked. So being that he has that personality about him, is that he gets under the skin, but he also does a great job when 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 the fans are getting under his skin, he really reacts to it, which now brings up the level because they see how how hot he gets when the fans, you know, start their suave puto chants, and you know they they really try to rile him up, and he gets riled up more than pretty much anybody on the roster. So it kind of it kind of works great for them. You know, they just need to keep working, keep improving. Adrian Quest being part of that group, I think, you know, is the idea was to kind of give them a maturing process a little quicker because that is one thing. They're very young and they're not the most mature dudes. So having a guy like Quest, who over the last year, you know – is doing it in new Japan and he's really getting a lot of recognition you know him he's that calming factor to try to keep these guys in check
1: and Remy what do you see in in those guys in the Suavecitos um you know they worked death proof you have two really really strong veteran presences in the ring with them it's a tag team title match Do you think that that type of uh, opportunity gets to highlight a little bit of the strengths, but also you personally as someone who is a trainer has been in the business for a long while now can pick up on some of the weaknesses to kind of help them guide them along into becoming more solid as a tag team.
2: Uh, Sure. I mean, for, for where you watch it back and Joe's uh, big on testing you, right? So if you sit there and you go into a, uh, a meeting with him and you're like, hey, this is what I kind of want or this is what I'm looking for to do it, Joe's going to give you the test. And usually if it's a singles guy and you're just coming in off of whatever, it's Hammer, right? Like that's the test, you know, <laughs> it just never fails. You know, you're going to gonna get put in with the best that night. And I think like when you talk about a tag team and uh, – for, for where they're at, uh, Death Proof is the tag team aside from the r and right? Those are the two tag teams that would, you would test any tag team that would be like, all right, this is what I'm doing. Uh, for students, uh, or I don't even see, it's hard, because uh, at some point the students become a graduated, you know, there's not students anymore. At some point you have to graduate to that point. And usually on the shows or getting over is kind of that graduating point right? So the seat, those to me are colleagues. Uh, they're yeah. just younger guys in the, in the business. So uh, anything I can pass on to them or little tricks of the trade are going to be where, where I, I feel are the best. I'm not here to uh, hinder what they're doing or have an opinion other than trying to make them grow. Joe is that per point. That's, that's the, the buck stops with Joe because it's his show. It's what he's looking for. It's his audience of what he thinks is going to drive his market or his product, right? so joe's big thing is hey this is what i'm i'm most impressed with and when Joe sit there and goes hey you got a they, they had a great match with them that's usually the testing point so now you have to grow past that point so for me they my only advice to them is take the things that were said by death proof because that's where they're going to learn the most because those guys' advice is tenfold they were in the ring with them until i can get in the ring with them which is what i'd like to do at some point uh I'm not going to be able to kind of really kind of get into what I feel they need to do there. On the outside, uh, they've marketed themselves very well. I have my critiques on their marketing ability, right? A Suavo Puto sh- t-shirt, whether it's by the company or by them, I'm, put- I'm putting that out there right now, would, would sell out. If you, if you, I, I want 10% of the songs <laughs> of this idea but i mean i'm just joking with the idea that it's that over though right so it's that over that these are the as a company or as a as a someone that markets themselves when you have something like that you best believe if there was something like that being said in aew right now they would already market that t-shirt and it'd be popped out and the company or them or somebody would be making money off of it in some fashion because the fans want it uh they want to have something that they can intangibly hold on to forever and always it happened with the following look at the following you put over the following that it's the best uh team that's ever uh kind of assembled right they sold a ton of t-shirts right bryce got that t-shirt made and they sold a ton of it and people still wear it to this day and that's what they want to do is they want to hold on to something forever and always right so that's what you want to do is you want to take what is over and then make it something great and that's where they're at right now they just need to start putting good matches out there, getting more of a product, putting more content, adding more layers to whatever they're doing uh, and keep having uh, what they would call bangers, but, you know, clean, bangers, up whatever, bangers. <laughs> clean up a little bit of whatever that next level stuff is. You know, it's, I have an eye for it. Right. But my opinion is just my opinion. Uh, Sin, Cody, right. all of these guys that are down here, Kenny, even Joe, they all have an eye for what they think the business or where the, the product is going. And most of them are often right than wrong. So you want to just kind of sponge it up, take all that, that you like, ring it out, see what you can apply. And that's kind of what happens. You know, the greats have done it. Kevin, Chris, Lacey, they've all, all done it, right? So they're making a living at it. We all kind of are trying to hammer so, when you do those things, uh, those are the great. So, hopefully, they have it in them to grow from it. Danny's hot and he gives the energy. And that's why I think the people are with him or them
1: because it's not like Ricky doesn't. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of young tag teams, uh, Joe, what are you seeing in terms of uh, Xander and Chase Bell? Um, do you think that their progression, which they are, you know, uh, just what, just around a year right now. Uh, they've only been tagging for six months or so. I mean, it's it's amazing how long or how far they've come in such a short period of time. What are you seeing with them and uh, what are you looking at for survival of the fittest with the tag team uh, match that's going to be going on in terms of that build do you have everyone set? Do you know where you're heading with um, that tag team turmoil?
0: Well, the thing with Chase and Nick was Chase came to us from Louisiana. Uh, he was working down there for a couple of years. And we, before he had his first match, I saw him in training. And I'm like, yeah, this guy looks like he's, uh, he's definitely talented. And I remember we had a future shock. And I put him in with Ice Williams because, again, as Remy said, it's the test. You know, I want to see if this guy is that much further along or if he's got to go back to the, you know, back to the future shocks and the low card and just trying to get some matches. And unfortunately, they had a shitty match and it was kind of like, oh, I guess I overestimated what this guy can do. And then through training and then I'm watching stuff and other people are like, yeah, he's looking pretty good. Then he had a couple more regular singles matches and he did very, very well. And I'm like, you know, this guy, he's definitely got a lot of talent. You know, Nick has only been training since June when we reopened, you know, and, you know, within seven, eight months. And here's a guy who was a super fan. Like I didn't realize it, but he was a guy cause I was looking through lists of names and he was a guy who had bought tickets for the Meccas and no escapes and the anniversary shows. And I was like, wow, because I didn't realize it until, you know, he made a payment and I got his name when he filled out the information that this was the same guy who's been coming to shows for two or three years. And you know, he's definitely, without a doubt, one of the hardest workers that we have, you know, he came in way before a lot of other guys, because we were closed, obviously, last year, up until June, because of the pandemic. And, you know, he came in behind the eight ball, there's a lot of the younger guys that started, you know, four or five months earlier. And, you know, he quickly you know did everything that was needed. He was always there to help with the ring crew. We had something going on with somebody else, and and he was there for that. And he would help clean the gym. And it, it's kind of easy to notice when somebody's working extremely hard because we always see the guys that try to avoid doing anything.
2: You know, I mean that, that that's that's. See, this is, this is where we have the problem, right? A little bit, not even a problem, but it just this is where we, we differ in opinion, right? You do have those guys who, who don't do as much, right? But then it's, there's the hungry guys who are like Nick and like Brett who will do everything, who will be there every single day. But also what gets lost in the mix, too, are the guys who want to do all of that stuff but financially cannot be that 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 well you know what i mean so you all have to make sacrifices and no nobody's one sacrifice is more than the other it's up to joe to kind of dictate what happens the reason why nick is getting what he's getting is because in all actuality mike is the fucking heartbeat of pro wrestling and especially here in this town of fsw right if you're a fan and you started to go to shows you bought a ticket and then you're like fucking i'm gonna go and be a wrestler i'm gonna train and then you're here every single day you know no matter what it is and you're picking up and you're doing everything thing you need to do to to do the right thing and pay your dues or whatever that is right now and how that goes and you're starting to get that and then you deliver in the ring like it takes all of it it takes it all it's not just one specific thing It, it you need it all to happen and one thing can outweigh the other thing right one thing can outweigh the other thing but if you're the hardest worker in the room like nick xander who obviously is he's my height so we know the uphill battle what it is in my height right so he has to be there every single day and he has to sit there and grit it out. He has to sit there and do whatever the fuck he's got to do to sit and, and get his teeth in because at the end of the day, he loves it, right? You know, you can tell by the time he goes out there when the red light's on through when he comes back through the curtain, he's delivered. And more often than not, he's getting an ovation in, a, in an effort. And more often than not, it's in a losing effort. And that, that you can't, you, um, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, that's something that is lightning in a bottle right you have to harness that that thing because your the audience is genuinely attracted to him right when he gets hit or when he suffers they suffer with him and that's crazy that type of stuff is you can't you want to pay for that right? but you can't and you can't yeah. always get that and I think when you add those that tag team stuff in there, yes, there is a heavy tag team division. Yes, the gauntlet is something that's important, right? Death Proof gets the buy all the way through, right? They they they're the proven guys. They should be at the end of the the road. And all of those people, all of those guys, should be making their way through that uh, survival of the fittest gauntlet thing. And that's what Joe's big thing has always been about, right? Is he has his themed shows? No escape. You're in a cage. You know, blah. Uh, new year's resolution or against all odds you have to you know rumble and then the next night you get the shot or that night you get the shot or whatever the case may be cash in the case these are all things that joe makes it entertaining through the shows that we put on and now it's up to chase bell and nick xander to ride that wave all the way through the gauntlet hopefully they can uh last the whole entire time and it's them at the end because you know for all intents and purposes that's not a bad match that i don't think uh, the audience wouldn't, wouldn't buy into chase bell versus death proof. Awesome. Uh, you know, you also have to think about the B too, right? They also have a stake in the game. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a Joe thing. I, I think Joe will kind of arrange in an entertaining fashion of what that looks like. But I, I feel chase is a guy who was established right? He came in from something. He started training with us. He got a little bit better and he was already somewhat good, but you have these things where sometimes you have been out of the ring for a little while or whatever the case may be. And you have not chemistry with somebody one minute, and then you can have chemistry the next minute. So one mad, one bad outing doesn't define who you are as a pro wrestler. What it, what defines it is how you grow from it and chase is growing from it. But Nick Xander is a homegrown talent, you know, started with us is growing here. So you have that that intangible. Them versus a the soda has money written all over it. So you have all of these great things as a young tag team division. And I've always been a tag wrestling fan. You know that. Like when we talked the last time, that's what I love. I love tag wrestling. It's fun. Joe likes tag wrestling too. It's fun. It's a good time. Uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm with all of I'm with the idea that those guys could hold the division easily. Both teams could be champion suavecitos maybe for me i feel like are probably about six months away of really putting it all together like if they keep going out of town and getting the reps in and really defining themselves as, as content wise like they've been doing you're going to see them become really major stars and they've already started to up their game with all white gear and like they're larger than life now right they before they were just kind of okay and generic-y but Now it's becoming something, you know, the people are getting behind. They're coming out on low rider bikes and they're doing all these things that are kind of just testing the waters of what it would be that's making them good. Uh, You also have Chase Bell and and Xander who have that thing too, who got matching gear and now they're starting to put that together and now they have a tag name. So now they're making a play in in an already deep division. You know, even the Lights Camera Faction could possibly be – guys you could probably throw in there as a force or a threat or whatever the case may be. Cause there's any like Fresco and Watson aren't good or even action. Braxton isn't good. I've been in the ring with Braxton. He's not bad as, as a talent. Uh, yeah. Whether Joe sees him as a tag wrestling in that faction, I don't know. I think, Oh Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> it's been documented that he does not like them.
1: <laughs> if, uh, if you are just uh, listening to this and not watching, uh, a certain motion of a hand going back and forth is uh, the answer to the visual that you didn't see.
2: Um, well, well I'm glad you censored that over here. So, my my question is, what are we doing with the Nevada state title, Joe? You know what I mean? Like, I've gone everywhere with it. I've done it. I've taken it to Florida. I've taken it to Arizona, California. I'm doing the Lucha Show this weekend with it. What do you What do you want to do with it, man? You tell me. Because right now, like you know, you talk about Arizona, right? On October, whatever the hell, uh, PCW has a show. But class, uh, low blowed me. He, uh, I'm not booked on that show. By all means, he probably went to the office. Was like, hey, keep him away, please. Uh, I'm ready for whomever you got in that. Adrian Quest, Thomas Stay. You know, I'm putting it out there. Maybe we should make it a uh, a multi
0: man something or other. All
2: uh, survival of the fittest. Please, let's do this.
0: Well, there's no doubt you're going to be on the card and you're going to be defending the title. Uh, I'm just kind of figuring some things out. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to be in Future Shock on Friday, correct?
2: I mean, like, listen, whatever you need me, I'm always there because I defend. This is what I do. Uh, but I have I, a couple,
0: as Rocky T would say, ideas. <laughs> I have some ideas that uh, maybe on Friday – might lead to something on the 24th. Good.
2: I like the, I, like, I like the idea that you have ideas moving forward with the Nevada State title. Because while we sit here and we talk about the heavyweight title and the, and the tag titles and the no-limits title, there really isn't been a focus on the Nevada State title, right? And you do have all of these major players in every, every single division. And the idea, hopefully, was that you would step up. And again, the Nevada State title was something that was a proving ground it made you prove yourself to go into the next the next level and if there's one thing i have done has been proven to go to the next level now i'm going to be the nevada state champion for as long as possible right but my it doesn't stop here for me like i'm ready for heavyweight i'm ready to move on from whatever from whatever this this is i'm ready to take it to the next level too for myself and i think i've proven that at gcw you know like we, me, like all the FSW originals, so to speak, Cody and funny bone and myself, we all have something to, to prove to everybody else. And that is that we're still major players in this, no matter how tenured we've been become. And yeah, we have a lot of upcoming talent they're great, but let's not forget about what, what's really being produced. Bone goes out there and gets a, an, a reaction every single time. Right. And that's yeah. 20 years deep into the, in the, a local scene. That stuff that is, you know, you can't really, you can't really grab that. And that goes for Jake, goes for the r and it goes for uh, Cody, it goes for all of us that have been here forever, who are still going out there and reinventing ourselves and getting a reaction, uh, Graves and Hammerstone, Hammerstone. Right, he reinvented his his whole entire look, and it took him to a whole new level. And that's hopefully what happens to the rest of us. I just now got about two. I'm just now two years into this this new reinvention of myself, and I think I'm firing on more cylinders than I ever was. Would you agree? Yeah, Joe. Joe. (laughs) Nothing. Okay, he's on mute.
0: I, I, <laughs> I told us I, I wasn't that keen on the idea initially. Obviously, you know, the signature fro, you know, it was like, wow, you know, this that that was you, you know. But even the wife, like, oh my God, Remy cut off his hair. You know what I mean? And when we had talked when you came back from China, and that was kind of the start of doing that out here anyway it it wasn't something that I thought would be successful. You know, I talked with disco, he really put over, you know, the, the new look, the new character, and he had a lot of really good things to say about it, you know, and like he believes he believes what Remy Marcel is now. And that's always going to be the most difficult thing to say, okay, well I'm this guy now. And it's like, well it's easy to say what you are. It's easy to say that I'm this guy, but to go out there and make people believe it are a totally different story. And you've done a very good job of, of changing what your, the perception of what you were to what you are now, and you're going to be like the godfather pa- <laughs> Shango and... Uh, the three figure combinations of the you need one more and then we'd we'll be good to go.
2: <laughs> well, I mean my thought process on it all was I had to reinvent myself uh with everything, you know. I'm I'm not I don't have the fro anymore. And and I mean I had to change my wrestling style or or at least add to it. And I just felt like I was still doing things that were kind of leading me back to the other thing. But here in Vegas, there there's listen. Like, no matter what I do, how I was doing and I, I put Ice's brother through a door, yet I, I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm getting adulation for it, whereas any other person probably would be bad for it. And then Ice had a lot of his people there that night, you know, I should have been, could have been, could have been real bad for me. But the thought I had was I had to change everything, my body, my look, my whole persona. People don't even they, when I introduce myself in, in other places now, they don't even know they're like, Oh, you used to have an Afro, (laughs) you know? And again, that's, it's very, like, I'm a whole different person. Like I have like this whole new uh, outlook on it. And this goes a big proprietor of, of actually giving me a lot more than I, you know, he, he helped me a lot with uh, with just kind of these little uh, I guess uh, interactions we have uh, through the course of the last probably two years and I feel like uh, Joey, uh, you know, called an audible for me at on the weekend and, you know, disco, I was able to work with him. And I think that for me was a big, a big moments uh, just because he's, he hadn't been in the ring in a while. And he, you know, made sure that I knew that he was like, you know, I, I haven't worked in a little bit, but I would like, you know, you to know that we, we can, we can go baby. And he can fucking go. man. It's not like he's not going. Uh, and, it's just crazy because like that's somebody that, you know, you want to also test yourself with. And, uh, you know, Joey, much like Joe will, will throw you the bone to, to, to you to sink in the sink or swim in the deep water. And Disco is definitely that person where he's going to make you work. And it was great. I had a very fun match with him. Uh, set the tone for the entire weekend. And I think a lot of that kind of gave me the confidence going into the next match with Atticus, you know, like, uh, or that weekend, um, I I don't know there's uh there's a lot of the the shifts in life that you kind of feel uh during this time and I think like disco for me was like that that kind of hey you're doing a very good job uh with what you're doing uh keep what you're what you're doing um that motion running and then Joe is also that person who's like He'd be the first one to sit there and shit on you if you if you thought the the, the idea was terrible. If you um, deserve
0: to be shit on, sure,
2: absolutely. But if you can come back with something and you change his mind, that's pretty big, you know. I think I think a lot of people have kind of done that, and I think that te- that's a testament. The latest has been like Maserati, right? She, Joe, would, would really was just really not about her work and all of these things that she was bringing to the table. Only thought of her as. Uh, uh, something to uh add, add to the to the show a little bit, and then when she started to become serious, and then now it shows her athletic ability. Like I think the intergender match uh, we had was something that I could,
1: Definitely. for
2: her, it was it was a, a coming out party of hey, I can do all of these things, and then she starts to get put on a bigger scale of like ROH and all that stuff, and then Joe is like, oh, well, damn, you know, now our our division's you know somewhat good, and Maserati's actually really really good as a worker and then you see this crazy match that they have where they're taking it to the next level and i remember being there at at fsw that in those moments where you're like trying to push the envelope and like her and sandra moon had a great uh match that night right it was something crazy that to finish off that sunday weekend was insane and that whole show top to bottom wasn't that bad there was a lot of good uh women wrestling that's been coming out of uh fsw and fsww right so now Joe's tapping into all kinds of markets where there's women wrestling and now there's kind of death matchy stuff where we're going to kind of get into that a little bit. If you want to try to do that, cause there's a potential there and now you can get pure wrestling as well. No, I think that's when we first started future stars of wrestling. I remember me and Jack really kind of giving Joe shit about like, what is future stars of wrestling, right? There's no future stars here. Right. But now it's actually a brand name that future stars of wrestling kind of is the future stars. And then also you have, um, It pushing the envelope into what the show can be, you know, you with the natural born killers and the GCW mix up, mashup, and all the other stuff that goes into it. And now, all these outside towns did we lose Joe? Is that what happened? I don't know. Okay. So, that you have all those outside things or the, all those things that kind of come into play with it. And I feel that's kind of been the definitive definition of future stars of wrestling now not only are you getting the talent but you're actually getting the brand that's been pushing the envelope the company itself right and i think that's always been a big weird thing with joe versus the talent uh or the office versus the talent for me for for being on both sides of the situation that if i can be candid with you for me and you you know i play both sides yeah. of the, the the fence and like I want to see the company grow, but I also understand what we put ourselves through body wise and what these kids have to go through by they pay dues. They, you know, rent's not cheap in in Las Vegas, you know, you have to pay bills. And so you can only make it down so much. You can only pay so many dues. You can only pay your rent so much. And I, you know, people who are fortunate enough to have those things where they can kind of do that. Great. But I'm, it's hard for me not to have a heart for the kids that are really trying to do everything right. Who are really suffering. That struggling artist was me. I used to live on an air mattress in a, in a no uh, furniture apartment with my boy. Cause we wanted to be pro wrestlers, right? We thought that that was like what we are going to do. We're in the middle of Louisville, Kentucky, you know, trying to get to OVW and shit. And we we're me and Jack moved to, to Jacksonville, Florida. And we, you know, I mean, seriously in a two bedroom apartment with no furniture and two air mattresses trying to live the dream. And I get that, you know, you have no money, you have nothing to, to do. And then I don't know if the those guys understand that cause they're, they're driving a business and I get that too. But as an artist and as a performer, these are, these are the crux of what we, we go through all the time, you know? And I, I feel, I feel strong about where we, where we go or what we're doing with it all. I feel very, very good about where the company's is going. Uh, I'd like to see it generate a GCW following, you know, like we have right. a rabid fan base here. They want it. And it, it goes to show you that with, with mixed um, promotional shows, especially like a GCW show, like they had fans here. Yeah, for sure. And that, that fan, those, they were rabid and, and energetic. Oh man, it was great. And I love, and I love that kind of stuff. You know, you want that type of atmosphere for your show because that, virtually says hey i want to go to that show yeah now joe has to kind of get into an idea of where the marketing with streaming because that's a big proprietor of their their net worth you know the reason why brett can get mox and uh mizoro suzuki and and all those guys is because they generate a lot of business through their their streaming and you know when joe has the budget he will give you you know what he can and you know Unfortunately nobody gets to really understand the his side of it is he has to juggle between taking care of local talent and taking care of like what's going to drive the business which is bringing in, you know, name value people and maybe they're not just WWE x WWE or whatever but maybe they're, you know, guys who are kind of making their names for themselves like anybody on GCW like Joe bringing in like a Danhausen or something like that would be fucking cool, right? But yeah. I you know, I think he's got to he's got to like go through ROH or something like that, you know, but impact guys and having guys like Bay is huge, you know, like having Bay here that weekend was massive because not only does the local fans not get to see Bay a lot, but now he's on a whole nother level, you know, like he, he's now the local fan base of Vegas is seven degrees away from the bullet club. Crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) It's wild,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Watching it. Just seeing him with his new gear you know i remember when he used to have that two cent gear back when he first started i looked and i was like wow this guy looks like you know we didn't know who he was you'd say wow look at this pro wrestler and it's like (laughs) wow i remember still remember when he walked that door you know
2: but baby the first one to tell you that you know without fsw he
0: you know he wouldn't have gotten that you know and he
2: he like we all struggle. We all eat shit. Like I don't think, maybe they people do know, maybe they do have or have hey, some sort of documentation about it, but everybody struggles different. And Bay moved on a dime and he, he gave himself no other option but to succeed. And that's that's a growing thing, right? You know, you, you burn the boat, you know, and that's that's a something. But some people don't have that, that luxury or don't have that option. And I'm not saying or taking away from anybody's struggle, but everybody's different. And so my role in, in this whole, uh, idea of I, I like to play the good uncle, you know, he sins the bad grandpa or the, the mean grandpa, right. And kind of, you know, he's just like the, uh, you know, and he needs to be man. Cause he's smart and he's, he's just fucking intelligent with what he's got going on for the business. And then Cody's really like, you know, driving in home cause he came from a point where like, that's, you know, that's where it is with him. You know, he's really cares about you being the best you, you could be. And then, you know, you have the stars that come in like TJP and Kenny, who will kind of be like, you know, you get that, that feel from the the star quality, you know, ROH or wherever they're going or wherever they are. And we have those drop-ins and I think like the, the, the students need that or our core crop of talent needs to fucking feel that type of stuff too, because they need to hear it. What's going to make them get to that next level. What's going to make them make it in this thing. And, They'll give you, we give you all the tools, we give you all the tools and how you build your ship to sail it off is completely up to you, you know, and I think you're going to see that. Like I started with a, like, I think seven people, uh, in January, which is like Alice Blair and Dana Lynn and, um, Brett and Nick. a few others and like now you know raw reese now they're all like on the show you know or doing the shows or getting booked or doing other things and that's not just me that's cody and sin and kenny and everybody else and joe you know they all have a hand in developing them but for the most part you're starting to see them come together or come out sooner you know like it used to take them years or a year to kind of get what it is and a lot of them are putting a lot more time in it so it is you get out of what you put in the yeah. majority of the time, right? That's with anything.
1: Joe, you know, Remy just brought up a name, and that name is John Moxley. John Moxley. He does live here in Nevada. Would you not consider maybe uh, trying to get Remy a match with someone like <laughs> Moxley for a title that technically would be someone who is from Nevada and would represent the state
0: very well? Had a couple of conversations with John Moxley, and you know he he you know he used the facility to train. He's a guy who does what he wants to do when he wants to do it, and the relationship he has with Brett and GCW goes back years. Yeah. You know, so he he'll, he'll pop up anytime Brett's doing something because he needs him. You know, the yeah. only reason I'm pretty sure Moxley didn't win the title last month was because he wasn't at the show. Originally yeah. to, to be on the Vegas show and then AEW did their show. And then the first show he was available for, they had him win the belt because the whole idea was for him to feud with Nick Gage. And they probably would want to do it in John Moxley's hometown. You know? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I'm in, I listen, I, if you were at that show though, like I almost feel like it was better because they gave a kid a shot right? Where Cordova came out and gave this, like, undercard talent a a shot at it, pretty much, you know, picked him out of the crowd and was like... "Uh, And, God, Matt, bro, that's pro wrestling in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, it, it, the, the story... Were you there? Were
1: you, did you see it? I wasn't there, but I did see it.
2: Oh, my God,
1: bro. The energy...
2: Like, the video footage doesn't do the energy in the crowd any justice because it was just so crazy. I mean, like, they he had him, you know, and I think that a lot of that goes into Cordova doing, you know, you play the role that is given to you. And he's played a beautiful role in this whole situation. They all have, you know, but you don't get these things without other stuff being prior to it, you know? Uh, and while we are on the subject of that kind of stuff like that, that plays into everything that plays into the stuff that we used to do. That's why we get most of the stuff out of what we do or how we write the show. Um, AEW this weekend, you know, like, while we sit here and we clamor for punk and and brian and and cole i don't think those things happen without them having the stints in wwe right a lot of it all of right. it, the, the the bullshit that punk went through daniel brian went through and even even adam cole you know like they you get all these great pops out of what the culture of pro wrestling is and that's that's what makes it brilliant that's what makes it so good for everybody um yeah, I don't know. I max. I've had a I've had a dark match before Max was even anything with ROH with him. So it'd be great to to rekindle that. <laughs> it was awesome. Did you get any offense in that match? Negative. I never do. You know, I was uh, I, I was I was Afro Remy and, uh, and about 130 pounds. I definitely didn't yeah. look the way I do now. Uh, I listen. I. I think a lot of that too, uh, is great. Cause I play in a role, you know, and now my role is a little bit different, you know, you even book me differently, Joe. So like the, the idea is to book or write in the, f- in the fashion of what these, these things are, you know what I'm saying? Like while Afro Remy was somebody who just took a beat the whole time, you know, 86 of Remy's is a big, a bit different, you know, uh, I, I used to roll with, you know, Jack and Kevin. So, I mean, like, you keep you know in the company you keep is how you how you're pretty much going to roll and those are two bad motherfuckers too right and like i don't know like for me i feel there's a lot of things that we've done uh great for uh our show right and how we're producing out there and a lot of the guys have reinvented themselves in small manners like look at ice and the faction like wow you know like that's been a completely transforming like they so much heat so much of a reaction, Uh, they come through the screen with anything they do, Uh, Joe can write all day for them if he really wants to kind of get into the grid of it, which he's already has like, just watch the six man, we were talking about it earlier before we got on air, but the six man was good, it was a really good match and I like having those things be where our final show on high octane is as a writer, producer, whatever I am, or at least somebody that talks to Joe, as Joe's writing, he's like, what do you think of the show? Yes, that was good. And he, he topped the to bottom. He said he didn't, he didn't do bad. And I, we haven't had a real big stint in a long time where Joe's kind of happy with a lot of the shows, right? but more often than not, he's been pretty okay with a lot of the, the stuff that the guys, when he writes for good and, and we have the good core talent, uh, Joe's also been a, a proprietor of trying to do this too, which I think is good is having less, matches right he he ran seven matches one night and he was like that flowed so well and I think you do have a good flow with what the show is while you sit there and he is right he has a bunch of stuff where he's like I have to fit all these guys on and you know and he does that for the guys to get reps. I mean the reason why the Suavecitos are getting good and everybody's getting good is because Joe just shoves 10 matches up there, right and for the most part we try to get it underneath you two, and, two and, and,
0: and then get motherfucked about it.
2: <laughs> well i that's unfortunately bud that's just the, the the problem you have with being a leader man you know like you're the head of the the thing and you do have a good you have good ideas but you also have these crazy things where you're going to get motherfucked because you have a part like me and matt were talking before you got kicked off where you know we we do have guys who in our core, in our coming up, they can't make everything just because they have rents and bills and all of these things that they have to do in nine to five jobs that aren't easy. Like, bro, I'm trying to look for uh, an apartment now and it's crazy. Like our housing market in Vegas is nuts. It's bananas. And like, I couldn't imagine being a student at 20 years old, working as a barista trying to become a pro wrestler right? and also trying to afford rent bills and a cell phone. And you want me to do what? You want me to have a cell phone that has Facebook so I can social media on top of paying dues, on top of paying rent, on top of paying internet, because I need to put the social media out. Then I have to get good gear. Then I have to like, come on, man. Like you have to, at some point there's gotta be a, a balance, you know? And I think like while we sit here and we produce, uh, the best thing forward, moving steps forward are, are definitely things that happen. We as a company was a very mom and pop for a good part of our company, but now we've grown into this, this company, you know, we have a school and we have things that are kind of in place and we just need the infrastructure. It just a little bit differently. There just needs to be a little bit of an infrastructure where these students know what the, what their peak is. And then what's the next step over. And Joe normally is pretty good with that kind of stuff. If you talk to him, so they just need to talk to you. Yeah,
0: try talking. I heard some more stuff this week that just makes boggles my head. Why? Well, you know, you know how you
2: are. You know, you know what it is. Oh, it's every day.
0: You know. Oh, we're getting enough wins. I heard was one of them. Now,
2: well, the the this is the problem with running a business. Okay, I know, I know. We sit here and we 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 do this, but this is the problem with running a business. And I I used to tell you this all the time is First and foremost, nobody's speaking up for whomever is going to say those things, right? So you have to kind of speak up for yourself. But you want to do it in a manner that's not like that, word, right? But in this day and age, the squeaky wheel does get the oil. You know, it's not its not that it gets replaced sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The sometimes it gets
0: the, replaced. I know, that's what I was going to
2: say. I was going to say. But I mean, it just – it. The what what we're doing right now is that you have to sit here and you have to fight, and it depends on what hill is there to die on, right? We always talk about that, you and me. What are we right. going to die on? Doesn't really Remy, matter. That's
0: Remy's favorite line: "The hill to die on."
2: It's true. That's 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 accurate because you have to pick and choose. You know, like is it really a point to to really die on this hill? And I don't. For me, like there's certain things that you have to. And I'm Joe be the first one to tell you that some of the Hills I've died on are completely acidine. You know what I mean? But in the moment I'm passionate about what it is I need to die on.
1: Well, you know, but, but speaking of that, Joe, and in terms of, I I think this is a, a very interesting idea. And that is if you look at the structure of what you're building Um, And I know that you've said in the past, uh, you know, as we've talked about, you know, dues and and how dues will go down for certain people when they get to a certain level or show, you know, certain potential or what they're working towards. Is there any way that you've ever thought of kind of um, almost structuring it to the point where if you know a kid is just – determined to make it he's put in let's say six months he's showing a lot of potential that you start thinking of how can we help him out by either you know lowering dues or um, giving scholarships essentially what what can you do or what have you done to allow those kids who you see that potential there so that they don't end up just you know having to leave because of the fact that they just can't, you know, pay their, their everyday living costs.
0: I've done it before a guy like Chris Bay and cross, you know, Kevin, there were times that he couldn't, he couldn't come up with the cash. And when the potential was there, like with Chris Bay, it's like, am I defeating the purpose trying to get a couple hundred bucks off this guy who is like, going through the system extremely quick and you know he's got a lot of talent because in the long run at the end sure it's going to backfire on some occasions but i got chris bay working for me now and i'm not treated like every other promoter trying to book him you know joe
2: Oh, oh sorry sorry i don't mean to cut you off but matt it's it's virtually like the ncaa You know what I mean? You're gonna get boosters, right? And Joe essentially becomes a booster where he kind of sees potential in you where you have to get kind of whatever. And no, we're not in that in that situation. I might be talking, you know, a little bit of the underbelly of it, but that's basically what it is. This is not set up in a structure where it's like, hey, you you made it to this and you graduate and this is what happens, you know. More often than not, you're kind of going into this idea where like Joe sees potential in you, then he's gonna sit there and like either knock off something or or get something. And it's not like these guys don't work for it. I mean, these guys would do shows for free. And that, that, that's a cost. Kevin would come in and use the facility at any point in time. I believe at one point, a lot of these guys would uh, come in and use it 24-7. And that all is a cost. Turning the lights on in this place is a cost. Uh, having the computer, having something in there, even entering the ring, is this is all a cost to even having this open to you. And all, all of us as a collective roster are able to have this facility Uh, to our beck and call at 24 seven at this point, I think at this point, right. And that's crazy. No uh, 24 hour fitness uh, as some 24 hour fitnesses aren't even 24 hours. But if we want to come in here and we want to cut a promo or we want to film something or we want to do something, we need to edit or we need to do something. It's at our beck and call. And I think like that is a cost to Joe and Rocky and whatever the case may be. However, there's no guidelines to that unless you talk to Joe, unless they actually talk to Joe. And some guys, you know, it's a lot easier than others. You know, some people are very quiet or very introverted or whatever the case may be. You know, like a guy like Hero Lou, I think says but three words to me the whole entire time in the back, you know, but is the sweetest guy in the, in the back and fucking awesome. And then when he gets out there, he's the most intense motherfucker ever. Right. Like turns up the energy so you just don't know what it is that makes people click and i don't know if everybody has or if joe joe's an east coast guy i've grown up my whole entire life around east coast people right they have a salty personality and it's hard to approach and with the other nicest people. guy
0: i know what are you talking
2: about <laughs> that you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just i that's that's the that's the crux of it right so you have to kind of go based off of that joe more often than not is He is the nice guy. He will cut you a break. Uh, Maz is is a proprietor to that. I think Maz wasn't paying dues for a really long time because she just couldn't afford it. However, you knew the potential that was in her talent and where she could go. And that girl has repped the company the whole entire time. You don't, anytime she was on ROH or anytime she's been used any other place, OVW or wherever, a lot of us get the FSW marker for it. And I think that's a, a cost to Joe. That's, valuable to him you out. uh so i think that's where it becomes um valuable on all levels right we have value by the places we go most of the guys that go to arizona are all known as fsw guys or fsw trained or whatever that's the reason why they get used or if marquez wants to use you in hollywood or prime time or wherever whatever project he's doing he's integrating a lot of FSW talents. I think he will lose the next one making a primetime. time. Yeah, right? yeah. I just
0: saw that yesterday. You know, that Wait, way when Marquez right? tries to invade Vegas, you know, try to use as many of our guys as possible, but he would well, never.
2: It, he I'm more. I, and again, I think he, when you go into somebody's uh, territory or whatever, you know, you, you play the role and I, Dave, for me has always been somebody that will come in and and ask Joe has a different uh, relationship with them where promoters, that's something that, you know, I, I really don't have a grasp at, you know, Matt, like when it comes to promoting a show, like I'm producing writing and I know a lot of the backstage stuff on it, but Joe has a little bit of an uphill battle by all these guys coming in and, and essentially just kind of not piggybacking off of him because they all want to do their own show, but, He's got stuff that he has to kind of worry about, whether it's the same audience or whether this happens or whether that happens because he's driving a thing. What, he's, what he does stay true oh. to is his writing over everything, right? How he books the shows, who he books on the show. His writing over everything is how he is producing FSW. And it, it's working or has worked for the last, gosh, I, I don't remember not having a good show where we drew at a, at a big casino or a big venue in a really long time. You know, at least that last anniversary, both nights weren't bad. I mean, the first night
1: better than the second, but both nights were great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the pandemic. Yeah, and that's a very uh, a very valid point. That it's been years. Um, you know, in, in recent memory, you can't think of a show that didn't do well in a bigger setting. Joe, with that, um, do you feel that y- you're starting to see? because of the Vegas talent, you are starting to see people try to come in and then use that talent for whatever company you know they have coming in is that something that you look at as something that even though even though it's your talent they're still getting the exposure but it's under a different banner I mean how does that work for you as a promoter in just balancing out the, um, the good and the bad that comes along with other companies wanting to come in and use that type of talent.
0: Honestly, I don't like it, but I also understand it. When somebody's going to come in and offer Remy Marcel more money than I'm going to pay him on a show, and I'm not running a show that day, well, you know, everybody's struggling to, to pay bills and, and live their lives. Who am I to tell somebody they can't make X amount of dollars? And, you know, some people read it wrong. And I have conversations with some of the younger guys and try to explain to them when you're going to work for somebody else and inferior competition is coming in and beating you because you're perceived as a higher talent at FSW. Just be aware you're not helping me. You're not right. going to your situation. If a team goes over to another place and they job out to a a team that people look at and say, wow, those guys aren't very good. Why would I have them beat my upper echelon teams? If the RB went all over Vegas and started losing to all these people, that that wouldn't help me in any way. You know, it's, you know, be protective of your situation, you know, and it's like. Make sure you're wrestling people. That was always my biggest concern, where our guys would go over there. And even if they were younger talent, it's like, make sure you're in there with somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing. Because I've seen it around this town that there's a lot of guys that I wouldn't even let work practice matches in a training facility because they ain't fucking good enough. I've seen some of that, and it's like, wow, who the fuck booked this guy?
2: You well, know. as, as, as a talent, it's hard. It's, it's really tough, right? It's, I mean, Joe has a point. You do need to go in there and, and protect what you're doing uh, for the most part. Right. And again, I've, we I've had a, have had a couple of instances where I've, I've been, you know, I'm Joe's Nevada state champion and I had to work local and go under and not that going under is ever a problem, but you still want to do it in a, in a fashion that is both protecting myself and what we're doing. And also, other things as well and i think i think the only other time that I, I went under was to uh to bone you know and i have no problem doing that because bone's fucking amazing as a talent you know and he's been a mainstay here in vegas as a legend whatever you want to use but other than that he's you know he's a fucking great talent so you want to you want to do that uh and with the younger guys uh you know you it's hard because they have no I'm probably I'm probably okay to get away with with saying something where these guys are just trying to get booked. They're experience. just trying to get and,
0: that, and and I never have an issue with some of these younger guys. The more matches they can get under their belt, but again, if they're wrest- if they're if they're guys with ten, fifteen matches, they're wrestling guys with less experience than them. It's probably not much of a help.
2: Correct. Right. Yeah. I mean, I you know, and then you also have to face the promoter doesn't, you know, you're not, you're just there as an independent guy contractor to do a job, right? This guy wants you to paint the house fucking blue. I'm sorry, but I have to paint the fucking house blue. So, you know, while the fucking house is fucking pastel blue and I don't want to do it, I have to fucking do it. And I got to move on to the next job. And that's pretty much what it is for us as an independent talent, as a guy who's in on the office. Of course, you don't want talent intermingling with other things because you're wearing out your welcomes, so to speak. Everybody gets a hold of you or you, everybody sees you and you want to kind of pick and choose those things too. So it's very hard to juggle that, that thing, you know, and like also you have to take into accountability of what you're doing, when you're doing it. So for this local uh, talent, it's hard. I, I feel for the younger talent in a, in a sympathetic way to where like I don't know what the right decision is for them. So they have to kind of pioneer their way through whatever choices they make. And Joe you know he's gonna he's gonna do what's best for him, the company and his product and uh, what sells for him and like you know he no while while Joe can't get mad at them taking bookings they also can't get mad at Joe for not booking them. <laughs> like and, and, he's got to go both the, ways, and that's
0: the biggest pet peeve. <laughs> they they all believe that they should do whatever they want, and then I'm still supposed to cater to them because you got a lot of our younger students that are starting to get matches, when they're going elsewhere, that's the first time somebody's throwing them a few bucks. So now all of a sudden they feel their worth. You know, a few years back there was a guy who came in, and then he started, hey, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to pay you this much more than Joe, and I'm going to do this. And it was like, when you're young and inexperienced, and I can give you three matches a month when this guy's running every six weeks, was that one payday worth it compared to getting more experience? You know, right. got to look at it in their own way. And there's issues going on now with some talent that they feel this way. Well, I feel that way. So if you feel that way, it's OK. You know, you have to do what's best for yourself. So if you feel that you can't work for me because of this, well, then fine. I'm not going to use you. You know, I have. 50 emails a month from people that are really talented. There's a guy who's actually going to debut uh, for us finally, Keita Murray, who, you know, Remy, oh, oh, dude's excellent. Dude's awesome. Yeah. And it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about anything other than I'm trying to make sure that the Suavecitos and Chase Bell and Nick Xander are getting matches and guys like Eli Everfly and Tito Escondido and Che and Brandon Gatson aren't getting booked because it's not a big role. So I'm trying to get the Brandon G's a match. But we all know those guys are not better than Eli Everfly.
2: But there it is. There's a four way. It's Brandon Gatson, Keita Murray, Brett the Threat, and Ray Marcel for the Nevada State
0: title. Nah, Excellent. they're in a sprint. Yeah. Maybe Brett the Threat. We'll see. If Brett Great. the Threat. Great. I heard he has. Right. Some, I heard. I heard he has some things that he wants to get off his chest about you on Friday, Oh yeah. I mean, oh, so that's what I heard. Oh, that's a rumor. Yeah. Yeah. No, he
2: he doesn't talk at all. No, he doesn't have anything to say. Right. No. Gosh. <laughs> it's not his that's not him at all uh yeah no i mean i again the these are the things that happen for joe to want to you know for you to get booked and such you this is what it is and some people are just undeniable and that's really what you want to get to as a young talent you want to become so undeniable that you can do everything and a guy that comes off the top of my head is you know jay videl uh matt vandegrift these are guys who kind of have while they're just simmering and probably aren't getting the big humongous, you know, paydays, they are still kind of freely going and coming and choosing and uh what shows is coming in and out of here and i think that's what happens when you become undeniable and those two i think as of late i think joe would agree are, are the two that are kind of becoming undeniable, you know, you do have guys out there at a soul cow like uh Eli Everfly that we've used, right? So now you have all of these guys that are kind of doing um every show or, or at least a lot of shows. And that's kind of a marketing point for yourself. You know, Joe's going to go and be like, well, this guy's done this. And when he goes on social media or does whatever to promote the show, I'm at FSW tonight, blah, blah, blah. That's a something that's a value to Joe. Uh, you know, when you're a young up and coming talent, uh, let's just say, you know i when you're a young talent that doesn't go a whole lot of places that's where it becomes like a thing right you just want to create as much of a, of a of a stir as much as possible and that's what makes you a value to joe to want to do that kind of stuff is because jay gets to do everything or has done a lot of things or matt has done a lot of things i i just in the last like uh you know year be, between uh, January to now, like, you know, a lot of us have hit Florida, Arizona, California, the the boys have gone down to Mexico and done some Mexico stuff. So, I mean, like, it's crazy to have that be, Oh, well, this guy wrestles for FSW, but he's also doing all of this other stuff too. So what's FSW or what, what is that? Because we hashtag it or we do something that, you know, they follow or whatever the case may be. and
0: And I always encourage it just because of the fact of the shows that we do, I try to let people know you're not gonna be on every show. We have too many guys. So I have no problem. Go to go to Texas, go to Washington, which seems to be the new hot spot everybody seems to be going to a lot. Do yeah. your trips to California and Arizona. Just let me know in advance. Like, hey, this is the date I'm gonna need you. If you can work that, you know, I had to have a conversation with Matt Vandergriff. He's getting booked so much. I'm like, bro. You know, we've done a lot for you in FSW. You know, try to keep some dates open for me, and you know, there there's a bunch of other dates. You know, you're a main player here. You know, we we need you in the mix. Jay Vidal, like, he'll hit me up and say, hey, bro, uh, somebody is interested in using me this date. Are we running? Because you know, he has a loyalty to FSW, and he knows there's enough bookings out there, but he wants to make sure his home base is taken care of. And, right. you know, and that's why we have the talent that we have. Yeah. A lot of those guys do make FSW their priority and their number one choice. You know, a guy like Hammerstone, who has the pick of the litter, and he's not at those guys' level. He is legitimately makes a lot of money to go wrestle all over the country. But if he takes a date of mine and somebody offers him something that isn't MLW, if he's already booked with me, he's never said, hey, Joe, somebody offered me more money. Uh, I can't work this show. You know, the only time that happened was when, hey, MLW is sending me to Japan, and he's going there for two weeks to make shit tons of money and wrestle in Japan for Noah. Like, who am I to even think of saying like, hey, bro, you know, we needed you for survival of the fittest. Well, we may do. And that's why Hammerstone takes a lot of bookings with me because he's making the money elsewhere. And he's appreciative to when I brought him in from when nine years ago he was training in some random ring with profit down in Arizona.
2: Well, again, that's a there's a value to that, right? And you're able to just like how you get everything out of a thing, you know, or how you you run your business is how you run your business. And Hammer, you know, because he's he's just a, a really loyal and good person, genuinely, right? As a person, and that kind of how he runs his business or how he runs how he does his business, right? So for Joe and for FSW, it's always been uh, loyalty or or something, you know, it's not been a point where Joe won't give him some money or or try to come up to his rate. But we know at this point right now, Hammer is so far along that it's really he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart to just be around and because he believes in the company, he bleeds the company, right? And he's been the champion for a really long time, two, three times over, two, two times, three times over, whatever. He's been the champion- he had
0: that weird two week uh reign that somebody talked me into <laughs> Taking the belt off him a few years back.
2: Legitim- yeah, legitimately, never, never made a title defense. Anyway, uh, yeah. it's good for business. Um, but you know, he won't put it over. The uh, thing is, is the the Joe's going to have to do that. But what also Joe has to understand too is Hammer has a, that option, right? He's getting MLW. He has all these other things. He has Arizona. He has a, a life that does that. While a lot of us local guys are scraping and cutting and, and gritting our teeth to try to get that payday too, or trying to come up with some money and. I wouldn't, I would love to sit here and be able to tell everybody, no, I don't need to make any more money. I just work for FSW. That would be ideal and a dream, but that's not, that's, that's not even a, a, a capability right now. And whether it, I, I think that's the idea that a lot of us have uh, being uh, in the, in the, on the roster for a while is we have this fear that it will never happen or that we won't, uh, see the re, you know, the reper- repercussions of all the fucking uh shit that we bled for the company before. We, as a, as a, I'm just going off of like just say me and Cody and Jake, for instance, right at this point right now, uh, over the last like little bit, we've been around the company since the inception, me and Cody, especially, right? And we're not getting any younger, we're not, you know, our bodies aren't magically reproducing this magical thing where we're not getting hurt all the single time that we're out there, but what happens is is it all for nothing. And I think like when we go out there for the adulation and and all that stuff, yeah, that's great. and Yeah. Those are deathbed memories and stuff like that. But in the, in the end, we also want the, the compensation for, for what we've we've done for everything. And more often than not, Joe is, you know he he hasn't been horrible to us uh but he's not a, you know he has no net worth to where he can make a budget however if we did have a point where we could get a budget that would be great and i think you would you would actually see the company go to another level Anytime that we've had a point to get it to the next level whether it be uh making the studio a lot better so where it's inhabitable where before this was this place was Uh, kind of atrocious to be a part of, you know, like 117 degrees in the, in the uh, FSW arena is not the most ideal, but now you have like these uh, portable air conditioners and now there's cool lighting and now it's a place to be. Like the only thing these guys are missing is like a liquor license to where you can sell
0: alcohol and it'd be crazy. Oh, we're (laughs) we're working on that. One of our sponsor guys claims they have that traveling license. That's
2: beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, you just, you're that, you're that small little step away from actually turning you know, you don't need to go anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like, not that the bigger venues aren't great and anything like that, but you virtually have turned this into a pretty, pretty stellar little venue. Um, and I, again, that's, that's a testament to where, where the money goes, you know, like when you sit there and you go, Hey, what is Joe doing with the money? Well, we have amazing belts, you know, like we never had amazing belts. We were doing replicas and <laughs> shitty belts oh, the whole entire time. Like Yeah. Or or anybody, we would borrow them, or it would just be like some some off market thing or whatever. But now you have genuine FSW belts that are being like presented. You know, the company looks away. Um, the canvas is beautiful. The ring has been yeah. redone, you know, a million times over to where it's actually a, you know one of the better rings to bump in the West Coast. You know, it gets used all the time now. So if you're coming to Vegas, you're more often than not you're using the FSW ring if you're a company. Um, and and I think like. Here. Yeah. We put money into production a little bit now, you know, like productions being a little bit of an influx of money. And again, this is mom and pop stuff that, you know, they only have a little bit, but God, if you were able to have a money guy back it, if there was a sponsor who was just like, yeah, let's just do what we can see what we can get out of it. You know, who knows the sky's the limit because there's no difference between us and GCW. We have the same players, the same rabbit fans, you know, I'd argue
0: we have a better roster, a but we have a better
1: follow.
2: <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I mean, that it's it's weird to sit there and tell you that right now. Like, what's better? Is it is it the wrestling work rate or is it is it what the intangible of, of producing that stuff is? You know, like, we don't do a lot of deathmatch things. And, like, majority of their stuff is deathmatch things. And I, I'm not saying I don't have an opinion about deathmatch stuff. In fact, I... I value it very much because more often than not, the deathmatch wrestlers can work or would be considered able to work. And they just take it to a whole nother level. And there's a culture. It's like music where that's our metal. That's metal, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we are, we are dead. I just want matching.
0: to, I just want to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> listening to the guys tell the raves what they wanted to do in that match.
2: Oh, well, you know, like Joe, Joe, what are you going to tell Joe? I mean, Joe is probably the, the, out of everybody in the back at that point, Joe is probably the more and more legit people that you just can't fuck with. So Joe's just going to be, he's going to let you know what he, what he wants and not want to do. But oh, you, you had like, you had guys like Jimmy Lloyd in there. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean,
0: what what is Jimmy I, Lloyd going I figured it'd be him? safer. You know, I'm like, Hey, you know what? Let's let this a little crazy with the second gear crew and Jimmy <laughs> there let me have toa and graves in there
2: yeah well, i mean again I uh, bruce is like one of the best you know dudes out there right so like a, a lot of these guys for me uh, end up being really good people in the back but then when they get in the ring they're fucking maniacs and joe's like one of those dudes too at least for me like joe i'm glad he likes me right but he's a fucking maniac out there whether you know it or not you're just you're gonna get thrown you don't have really a choice with a lot of these guys totally the same way you really don't have a choice they're big motherfuckers class hammer they're it's not a night off any any one of those guys it's not a night off and whether they want to throw you around it's it's kind of you know on them to to either you know what 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 are they going to do for the night and i when you start to get into the death match stuff like that's when you start to kind of figure out like you just what you know i'm just glad i was on uh if i was in putting that match i would have been on team fsw because <laughs> i have, to have joe on my, uh, on my side is you know i'm winning we're winning that night i'm just letting
1: you know <laughs> Well, and, and I think the, it also goes to show the culture the, because personally, and, and this goes back to, you know, training so so long ago and the mentality of the way you protect each other. You you protect your own blood. So yeah. if it does go, you know, and, and someone does do something that's a little out of whack, you know, you know that not only is Graves going to step up, but Toa is going to be there. And you, know, and you just start going down that line and you go, yeah, man, these are the brothers I want to have on my back, you know," and, and I would do the same thing for them. And I think that that culture is something that's very important in a locker room because it yeah. shows that you can trust each other with your lives, literally. Yeah, I mean, even in the writing, like look at look what happened in the end,
2: you know. Fucking Tella ended up, uh, you know, being with his boy Juicy. So I mean, like, Bastard. even faster. Even...
0: I thought he yeah, was the yeah.
2: guy. Yeah. Even, even in the end, they, they still uh, protect their own. Right. And I guess like that, that goes to show you, right. I remember uh, when I walked back through the curtain, a lot of the guys didn't know I was getting skewered. Right. Like I didn't tell anybody it's something that, I mean, if we could pull down the fourth, fourth wall a little bit, like I really, I think a lot of people weren't really thinking that I was going to do that. And I think Joe even thought I was going to extend, you know, like Joe was probably pretty surprised at the idea that I would even let somebody do that to me because more often than not, I'm, I'm probably fighting that, that, that situation. But again, it just goes to show you that I did it in the idea that the people that were there that night uh, is something they'd never seen before. And the kid was a good kid, you know, like he wasn't a bad dude. And I, I valued his wrestling. I, I was fortunate enough and not, not a lot of times do you get this, but I was fortunate enough to know who I was working before I went in there uh, to work. So I knew what was happening or what I was, what my night was in for. And even if I was busting Joe's balls about it, and he was assuring me that that was not going to happen to me that night, <clears throat> while it happened, as I walked back through the curtain, Joe was like, What the fuck? Not Joe DeFalco, but Graves. He was just like, Do I need to hurt somebody? I'm just like, No, we're okay. Everything's going to be all right. Cause I'm just, I'm bleeding at that point, right? And He doesn't know what happened. He just, he's doing his thing in the back, getting himself psyched up. So yeah, you're right. When, when stuff like that goes down, and I think that, me and Joe have built that relationship because of we've had wars where I've wrestled them one on one and we've had tag matches where we've gone to war. Uh one off the top of my head is Joe booked me and Jack in there with them, uh him and Hammer, and this like really off-the-wall show in Benson, Arizona, where for whatever reason it drew like almost a thousand people. It was great. Uh but we went out there and had a a, a we just had a war, and I think like that's where you build those relationships, right? Is in that in the trenches of everything, whether you guys are out there performing or whether you're in the back, and you know you have to kind of figure out what what that looks like, whether somebody's taking liberties or whatever. I'm just glad I have Graves on my side.
1: Um, as we kind of get ready to wrap up, um, Joe, is there uh, anything coming up here with Future Shock? Uh, This Friday, of course, you can get it on the FSW network. You sign up for the network, $6.99 a month. Uh, You get Future Shock uh, included in that. You also get High Octane included in that every month, so you're getting at least two free shows there. Uh, What are we looking at for Future Shock? Uh, Do you have anything that is announced right now?
0: Uh, We're giving uh, Chase and Nick uh, a break from tag team wrestling since they qualified for the gauntlet. So... Pretty excited. Chase Bell's gonna go one on one with Wise Guy, which I think is gonna be a really good match.
2: Absolutely. Wise guy's uh fucking phenomenal. He just doesn't get the just the notoriety. Like he he's very respected in the back. He's his work is is top notch. I've been in the there a couple of times with him, but he just doesn't get the notoriety. And a lot of people need to kind of I I don't know if it's just the gimmick or the character or whatever the case may be, content-wise, but he's Looks the part, he's super jacked. He's in-ring ability is crazy. He has crazy timing. I mean, it's really good. And I just don't it's one of those guys you just don't know why, but you're you're just glad that when you're able to get him around for however long he's around, and that match is going to absolutely kill. It's gonna be awesome.
0: You know, and and going back to wise guy, it's just that numbers game of trying to fit all these people on, you know, and it's like Here's a guy who hasn't won very many matches, but he still jumps the line when I needed a guy to work Graves because I knew it was going to be a good match. I needed a guy to work Hammerstone on that show, and I went to Wise Guy because oh, I knew he was going to give.
2: I was going to say Wise Guy doesn't need to win matches to be a threat. I mean, like the minute he walks through the curtain, he's immediately a threat. I think that goes with Gatson, too. I mean, like both those guys don't win often. I mean, Gatson wins a lot more than Wise Guy, but both guys when you see them come through the curtain, immediately you're thinking a threat. And I think that goes to show why Joe books them. You know, like Joe sees them as guys who, and for all intents and purposes, it's not off the wall that those guys couldn't pick up a win out of nowhere. Like Joe's been notorious for throwing the belt on a guy out of nowhere as well. I mean, it's not like Brandon Gatson isn't a former Nola champion or any of that stuff. So it's not like he won't do that kind of thing. And I think that's where the intangible of writing those guys in and out of here is, you know, you just, with those two dudes, they you can see it's immediately their threats in whatever uh, matchup they, they go through.
0: And when you're going through the card, you can put a check mark before the match because you know, it's going to be a good match. Good. Yeah. Good. You know what I mean, it's like sometimes with the younger guys, you know, sometimes it's hit or miss. Sometimes they'll blow it out of the park and sometimes they'll be uh, hero Lou versus Watson. You know, it. it you, you know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, Watson and Bay was really good, but and I've seen Watson have a lot of good matches. Just whatever it was, you know, you know, Remy's like, dude, that shit was horrible. You know, uh, I've never <laughs> heard of a bash <laughs> a match as bad as that one. And we've we've had some bad matches, you know, Kid Vegas <laughs> I, and um, and and Bryce Harrison under a mask or Mike Delight and Kid Vegas in Mesquite. You know, those were some shit fests. You know what I'm saying?
2: I, I, I call it as I see it. And, uh, you know, I listen, that thing, um, some nights you just you you just don't have the chemistry. And you can tell in that evening that those two guys, uh, while they're young and they have all the potential in the world, you can you you saw what was happening there. And like, it's unfortunate. Those things happen. Uh, You know, you have clunkers every now and then. Uh, That's how you learn.
0: That's how you learn and get better. You're going to have those matches and you got to work through it.
2: Yeah, and hopefully that shit never sees the light of day, <laughs> unfortunately. You know, we, you know? <laughs> we,
0: we had a match like that at the silver, except it was Kenny King and Sean Ricker. And it's yeah. a shit fest. And you never, Yeah, you never know why. You never
2: know why those things happen. You, you Sometimes it's chemistry. Sometimes a guy's off. You know, you you just, as a performer and as a guy who's in there, like, you, there is a thing about it, and you have to feel it. And sometimes you some you know so certain dance partners you just you can't do it with and I don't know what was going on especially in the Ricker uh, Kenny match I think both guys had came in off of a, uh, a travel uh, which well, is also
0: no. what it was was Ricker had just gotten released and he really didn't get any ring time because he had a lot of heat in NXT or whatever it was back then and so blown off TV blown so they yeah that you know two minutes <laughs> and they went 14 or something that happened one time with Brian Cage and Kenny King. They had a really bad match, you know. So, you so know. who's the
2: common denominator in that one? Oh, I'm just joking. Yeah, Sorry, that's I'm what I'm saying. It. Nah, just you know? but it it, it again. This is just things that happen out there, you know. You, it, I've been I've been knocked loopy where I didn't know where the fuck I was, you know. I've been blown where it was uh, atrocious to try to get through. Like, there's just all this stuff that goes on while you're out there, and you just never know and. You try to, you, Joe's right, you just move past it, you know, and Hero Lou, uh has all the potential in the world. Watson's, you know, genuinely getting some steam out of Arizona to where he's probably... I don't know. There's a lot of guys in in Arizona, but Watson's the first name that comes to mind usually because he's the more predominant guy who's kind of making his rounds besides the hammer graves class thing, but also like Thugnificent coming out of there is a good dude. You know, like a lot of the guys who are kind of just genuinely – you know, trying to make their up come up that don't really travel have a little bit of a uh, talent that is coming out of that, that city. So for me, I think like you're going to start seeing these guys when they start to come over, like a Watson, you're going to be able to, you're like, oh, he's pretty good. And it's usually because there's a good core of guys who are already there, pretty good, who, you know, can kind of do that. I think that's what makes us so successful too, is Jay Vidal can get in there with a great sharp, you know, at any given night. And think about that for a second, right? Like Jay's a couple years in, right? Four, I think at this point or three, four and Greg's world traveled, you know, and then Greg also moves and is uh, working at a very high level. And when you get going with sharpening your knife at two high level guys, you're going to get the best product out of it. You know, it's why Damien Drake became so good quickly uh, is because you're able to put him in there with high level talent and he was able to kind of hang at first. And then he became really good to where he's hanging all, you know, with everyone. And now he's, you know, coming in off an injury to where he could predominantly be a, a really big force, whether he goes after the no limits, Nevada state or heavyweight. I don't know what Joe has planned for him coming back or if they go into the tag team, you know, whatever happens there, you're also got to include these guys who are really, really good in our, in our farm system as well. You know? And I think that's what, what's good about Arizona is they starting to get a good farm system to come out of there.
0: Yeah. I'm also a fan of Mr. Classic. It's just,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. You're right. It's just those numbers thing. Like he's always trying to come down, but the problem is Fridays are a bad day for him, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, I'm trying to get you into some future shocks, but when we do them on Friday and you can't do them, I can't just pop you on a high octane because if you do, well, you know, that that's going to take away from one of our, top younger guys. So yeah, uh, he's there's just a so... guy always interested in coming down, always helpful, you know, whether he's booked or not. Sometimes that's how Watson got booked. You know, he he would come down and help set up a ring and not even be booked on the show. And there's so many
2: talents. Huh? There's so much talent out there right now, guys. I mean, really, they're the guy from OVW. What's the guy's name with Jocelyn? Uh, if they, oh, Isaiah oh Broner, man. Like that dude is like I looked at his work just the other day and like, gosh, I mean, like, OVW has a real crazy amount of like core talent coming out of there. There's also a dude who's working out of Kentucky. He kind of has like a chainsaw gimmick. His name's Nate Hewitt. But he's like the chainsaw guy. And like his his lady, like they were uh they were kind of training at Knox Pro for a little while too, man. And uh they they had injury, but they have such a good gimmick and, and their work rate is gonna be like Where once they start getting back into it, you're going to see a lot of crazy good workers like kind of come out of the woodwork. And a lot of those guys end up having a lot of their eyes on FSW because it's the show to be on when you start to talk about the West Coast. I'd even be, I'd I'd like to talk about the level up uh, guys too out of San Diego, man. Like Jordan Cruz is a humongously good talent. You know, he's another guy.
0: It's like he always wants to be there. But, again, there's so many guys. And the Michael Hopkins guy down there. Yeah. yeah. And, and West, then you In- 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 just Adrian got Quest brought a guy out for uh, the show last week, uh, Romeo Cruz, trained with Jesse Hernandez, EWF. Oh, Very cool. Solid. Very solid. Like yeah. you- I,
2: you're just starting to see a lot of these guys. And they – and their schools are so good because when you have a guy like B boy training out of like your your school, yeah. like that's crazy. That's uh, that's crazy knowledge to, to have that. And Santino's is always produced, right? Think about all that are produced what they've produced. And uh, Joey Chaos is man. Like I I didn't really I've never really worked with Joey ever uh, until I got to primetime and he was my agent for the for the night. And man, you just. Him and uh, Mongol have just such a, a grasp on what you know, what real pro wrestling is supposed to be like, looking like as far as like television wise, and they've been around yeah. it for so long. So naturally, when you get that kind of stuff coming out or, or producing schools, you're going to get some really crazy talent coming out of that stuff. And I, you know, even some of the girls that are are out there right now, you know, you, I like. I like Brent Thorne. She's, she's turned it around to 180% now that she, you know, like and she has nothing out in Arizona. There's not a whole lot out in Arizona that is producing that kind of stuff. So she has to go out and, and do all these other shows. Knox pro has been a good uh, proprietor to give them uh, all these, uh, this element or this platform to go out there and perform. So a lot of these people on the West coast are kind of doing that for them. They have a streaming service so they can get their reps in and, you know, then you have the Mecca, you know, FSW, you know, everybody wants to stop in Vegas. It's whenever anybody asks me about FSW, uh, Joe, Joe's, you know, picky about who he's going to fly in. You know, he, it's got to make sense. You know, if it makes dollars, it's going to make sense <laughs> for Joe. Right. So that's why you get your fly-ins and your, and your loot. However, when you're in Vegas for the night and you're just like, Hey, I'm on vacation. I need to hit a show. Joe will find something for you, especially if you're a, a talent of some sort, you know, if you're yeah, a will mean, got
0: guys, that came in on their own. Percy Drew's like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get myself there. You know, he's going to be back October 9th. He showed up once, had a really good match. Uh, a guy sponsored him a little bit and, you know, helped take care of his flight for him. But Travis Titan, the guy that you were supposed to uh, work, uh, Remy, at that uh, – at Joey's show, but he was – Oh, well, yeah. dark. You know, these well, yeah. guys – Travis Titan. He was Tite- Seth Rollins and these guys – Like label, Yeah. That like black shot. label, that black
2: label pro is a, is another place, right? They, they 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 have a good, you know, core or they, that Midwest, you know, a lot of guys out of Chicago and you know doing the AAW stuff like that. Like a lot of girls, I was telling Joe uh, six months ago about Sky Blue, right? And she just debuted or like then just debuted, but you know they gave her the shot at the uh, the wild card, right? Where yeah. she got a big reaction. And and again, there's so many good talents across the United States right now that, you know, picking and choosing is kind of, you know, in a, in a promoter's, if it makes sense for the promoter, it's okay. But when you sit there and you, I could fly you in and I could do all this thing, but you know, I have ice Williams, you know what I mean? Who's a star, you know, like he's a star. Am I beckoning? You know, he's like a fucking star right now.
0: But, but what's crazy is in 2021, there's wrestling fans who like a certain guy and they like FSW, they'll get that guy to Vegas. Yeah, it, yeah. Because the talent's not going to spend three, $400 on a flight. But these fans are so rabid that they will spend money to get their favorite wrestler to wrestle in one of their favorite companies because, budget-wise, it does not make sense for me to fly Percy Drews in for $400. Yeah,
2: it, we also – we, we also have like a, a lot of uh, our inner core people trying to get our guys to places too, you know, like uh, for, for all intents and purposes, like a, 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 big push for me is to go to warrior, right? Like I've been in contact with warrior out of Chicago uh, over the last couple of months. And like, really, we're just trying to find a date and a, and a, and a place to where we can get there. And also uh, Joe's, uh, got his hand in a lot of the uh, guys from the West. So like the five and um, and the whack guy, uh, you know, these are guys that Joe could probably in some fashion get like dudes who are like Jay Vidal and Matt Vandergriff were their fan favorites in these areas of Washington, you know, Brett or um, Damian Drake is a fan favorite in, in Washington or the Portland area. You know, we've all, have built a name in the Pacific Northwest. It's not like we don't have a name there. So it's it's good if we – if when we get those guys to come in, that's amazing for Joe, right? But it's also good that we're actually getting stuff as well. It's, it's, it's been nice to have like a two-way street on that way. Um, Travis, it, it, it will never – it hasn't worked out yet, but the idea that he could get out here or we can use guys who are out here, like there's a guy – uh, who can kind of get out his name is pb smooth real big dude but him and shogun would be crazy like it, it's it's just nice yeah. if we can get that that two-way street sorry
1: yeah okay. and he's got, no, um
2: well let's, yeah these guys uh... <laughs> these guys need a production room.
1: <laughs> all right well let's uh let's wrap up uh any final words, uh, Joe, uh, you know, going into uh, this week? And then, of course, uh, going to have the uh, big show coming up on the uh, 24th.
0: Well, we kind of set things up at high octane. So we got the ultimate finessers, which is Chris Bay, Hero, Shogun, and Nino against Lights, Camera, Faction, Survivor, you know, Survivor Series type, four-on-four, Elimination, Uh, We got Project Body Count, Hammerstone Graves, and, you know, whichever one of their boys from Arizona that they want to bring in uh, is going to take on the MK Army, which is going to be Juicy and Toa. Uh, Tito's unavailable, so uh, MK's going to the well to bring in his boy Sam Adonis, who's making his return. We haven't seen him since... uh, that crazy match he had with Psycho Clown at the FSW Arena. So anytime we can get Sam Adonis, you know he's the guy that uh, I really like seeing. And you know, big
2: fan, big fan of Sam Adonis. A little
0: more often.
2: Yeah, I would. I wouldn't mind a match with Sam. I'm not gonna lie. There's two guys. I mean, Sam's definitely on the on the list. But I also, if, if at some point in my career, I really need the Chris Masters match, Joe. Me and Chris Masters. Come on, baby. Chris Masters, <laughs> he,
0: he, he's one of my favorite dudes. I love Chris Masters.
2: It, I, I need that match so badly because that dude is – um I, I don't know. He, again, he's – he, you know, the NWA has made him the, uh, the national champion. And, like, the NWA is doing a lot of great stuff too, right? So there's a lot of things that are happening. You can touch areas and, and all this stuff. And Joe has a pretty good uh, – you know – he, his Rolodex is deep, you know, and yeah. getting I mean, Sam he puts that over. Sam I got big.
0: that strong Rolodex.
2: Well, getting Sam in here is, is huge, you know, like him and Psycho Clown was bananas. <laughs> they tore the place apart. And I've, you know, I told Joe, I was just like, I, Have you ever seen this kind of match? And he's just like, Nah, you know, he didn't really give it much. Like, he gave it to, like the Joe, eh, you know, and that's how he is, right? He just gives it the ab, eh, But met. By the end of that match, he was like, holy shit. I'm just like, I know, bro. Yeah, this
0: was great. This was like one (laughs) of the best matches I've seen at the arena.
2: It's fucking crazy. still thinking of the,
0: You know, I'm thinking of the old Sam Adonis doing the American gimmick and him fighting with Brian Cage because Brian Cage calling him a copycat or whatever. But now they're boys, so it's all good. And Sam, you know, Sam, again, he's –
2: that journeyman he's been everywhere for everywhere you know england and all over the place and probably hasn't gotten the notoriety that he should and whatever and the brother went off and what you know got the got the wwe stuff and he's just he's doing a lot of great things now right he's just now starting to kind of hit that stride right and i would love him to be the nwa champion or love this for him to get more of the triple a stuff man because he's such a good heel you know like he he just gets it. And listening to him um, is fun. He's just a fun dude to be around. Uh, and then when he gets out there, it's crazy because he's fucking intense, as many of them are, man. You know what? Once that red light's on, it becomes a whole nother person. So you you appreciate where you can get that. And like for MK to have ties to that, for Joe to be able to get in on that, like Sam and Hammer would fucking rule bro like god damn that would be such a good match and you know i'd be jealous not to have that match too but you know that match would be fucking amazing kids you not and you know they would the people alone would would love it you know our audience would eat that up alive because you know hammer is so beloved here sam is so hated so it'd, it'd be a match that i think like joe could easily make um happen for for it to be like a big time show match uh yeah, I like I like I like Sam a lot.
0: What else? What else we got? What else we got? Anything uh, else? At, uh, Gregory Sharp and Jay Vidal. They're going to be in a last man standing match.
2: That's for the uh, survival of fitness, though, right? That's not for this weekend.
0: Yeah, he was asking about survival yeah. of the fitness. Okay. At the tag gauntlet match. We got a scramble match so far. Uh, that has uh, Keita Murray. Uh, it's got Nick Wayne. Jordan Oasis, and it looks like we just secured the rights to my guy, Eli Everfly. But there's still some things up in the air. Like right now, like in Adrian Quest, I'm not sure where where he's going to fit. Is it possible in the Nevada State? Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds good. You sounds know, good. Is it, is, it, is it the scramble? Possibly. We're still trying to get, figure out the last couple of matches that hopefully after uh, this Friday at Future Shock, we'll be able to solidify – you know the rest of the card initially i was trying to do the scramble match as kind of a a young blood you know the young guns scramble maybe the winner gets that fsw contract you know using some new guys that we haven't really used on frequent basis
2: but well uh, yeah i mean i the contract is one thing but in the the reality is that you know you you should make it for something a little bit more, you know. Make it, give it, give it a prize of some sort, you know. Well, like, I'm not the contract isn't, but let's let's give it right, let's right, give right. the no limits
0: add, shot. Let's, adding Eli Everfly, Eli Everfly is on the roster, so that kind of washes that idea. Right, but, right. Oh, you know, uh, Ice Williams needs opponents, so maybe the scramble match. The winner, you know, gets a shot at the no limits championship at the next high octane. For example. I love that. Yeah,
2: it's, I mean, that just, it makes it bigger than than uh, uh, than it just being like, it's, it's a one, it's one thing for it just to just be young guns because you get that feel from it, right? Nick Wayne's like one of the more predominant guys who are kind of, who's kind of getting a lot of notoriety right now. And Keita you know, the, these guys are going to be, it's going to be a fast-paced, you know, match. And to give it the no-limits uh, title shot, just, it puts a little bit more emphasis on, on the match where I think these guys are going to go a little harder uh, than normal. And then, you get the benefit of of them coming back you know with whoever wins you know the fan, the fans win on that match if it's like that you know they get they get the the match and then they get whoever is going to move on and potentially wrestle ice and you know again i don't know a whole lot uh other than um you know for for our no limits thing but ice is i think he's like at 400 500 days 600 days man i mean like there's not there's hasn't been a no limits champion quite like him you Know as far as domination, I mean, I had my little stint, but Damian Drake was kind of you know really making a big run for it, and then like now, Ice, like nobody's touched him, so you know,
1: well, no, somebody like in a Jay Vidal, yeah, no, all fairness for me, nobody could touch him for about 360 <laughs> legally, so well,
2: yeah, I mean, me, me and Joe joke about how I've had more title defenses in my three months as a- uh <laughs> Nevada State Champion. I'm just joking, but I mean, it, the thing is, is when when it comes down to it, uh, you would like to see the best matchup, and for that Young Guns uh, match, whoever wins to have Ice be, you know, the guy that is next in line for that. You're you're looking at, you know, potentially on paper to set up. Like I would not want to miss High Octane that night, right? Yeah,
0: I was also looking at uh, Jack Cartwheel, who's hot as a firecracker. You know, he's not available. But Trey Lamar now moved to L.A. And there's another cat who's uh, who actually was uh, wrestled DC 3 at the No Peace, Kevin Blackwood, who just moved out to L.A., who's really talented also. So, again, there's so much talent between L.A. and Vegas. And before we go, I want to make a shout-out. Jeff Cobb pinning Okada the other day.
2: No shit. Good for Jeff, yeah. man.
0: And it's oh, amazing.
2: Yeah. What What – See, that, I guess like that's that becomes a thing is you get Vegas to be such a hub, right? You get all this great talent that's coming out of here. It would be awesome to have Jeff uh, be on the show at one point, you know, uh, again, because I mean, it's not like we hadn't used Jeff or, or Jeff wasn't ever on the show. But, you know, since his new Japan, you know, and he looks crazy now in comparison to where when we last had him. Right. Oh, so, yeah.
0: you know, I remember him in a dark match when the scum brought him in. Uh who was the guy? He was like the Mr. America guy, the military, Nate the Great, whatever then oh, the-
2: Jesus. That's that's Dayton. Oh my gosh, yeah, Nate the Great. Yep. Yeah. It wasn't Nate the Great, it was it was somebody else. We just called him yeah, Nate he, the Great because he, he, he was that, the like, Nate not so great. He was yeah, Nate. He, not had so the, great.
0: he had the um, you know, you know R- ring name Max Falcon. Whatever. Was. That was the that I was always yeah, I always joked with Cobb about how he carried him.
2: <laughs> it, it just it again it goes it goes into showing like a lot of guys moved out here to uh you know vegas is such a big hub right it's easier to fly out of here uh it was cheap at the time that everybody ended up coming out here so you have a lot of guys who are influxed out here you know like I Joe has used chic before but like that's another person I wouldn't like you know mind seeing at our show like uh just because she's getting such a big uh yeah. you know notoriety right now there's such a clamoring for her with the gcw stuff that it becomes this a, thing where like
0: a, i had a crazy what, dream the other day swear to god yeah i was talking to sheik about wrestling sandra moon i it that would that, match would, that match would be crazy that match be
2: so good though that match would be so good because yeah. if there's one thing that uh sheik's been able to do uh for her entire career has always been able to make somebody better in the ring. Right. We've wrestled uh, on many occasions. And when it was the enemies of the state, uh, it was such a good uh, feud and we would have really good matches. So I think like when you start to go into where they are today, uh, look at them, you know, like Sandra's on such a good rise right now. She just came off of this like crazy match with Moz and Sheik has been riding this wave of the GCW. Right. And like the match with uh, fucking Nick Gage was insane. Right. It just oh. it had this, uh, you know, and I think when you start to get that in there, like there's, you know, why not? And she's local, you know, why yeah. not? You know, when you have local people who are this kind of talent, why not? You know, there are so many good local talents here in our city that it's kind of crazy that underneath one umbrella, it could be, uh, you know, something spectacular. You just, it would, it all, all those pieces need to kind of fit. And when you, when Joe pitches like a match like Sandra Moon versus Sheik, the dark Sheik, it's kind of amazing she does another one where like her name is like nurse ratchet and it's so good mike right for hood slam it's so good and that's when i first saw it i was like really blown away by it because it was such a different thing than i've ever seen anybody perform before right and now now it's a whole nother level with it with it being dark chic and the gcw stuff like it's great to have or see that for her because like we were getting nothing we you know there was Hungry we just wanted something and now now we're starting to get a little bit of a notoriety and I, I think it's great I think it's wonderful when they start to get notoriety everybody puts a lot of hard work into this thing you know we beat our so we beat the shit out of ourselves for a long period of time and the guys who are doing it now uh, while they're young it's great that they're getting notoriety I'll fucking love it but it's also good when guys who have been putting in so much work and so much and now they're starting to kind of reap fruits of the labor like that's pretty special you know because it's hard this thing is hard it's not easy it's not an easy uh trade it's not easy to, to do it all the time but we do it because the 15 minutes that we are able to spend out between the curtain is everything and then the camaraderie in the back is all of it and then we get to you know hang out with guys like you you know do shit like this it's it all benefits And hopefully this thing can take it to a whole new level. Joe's got a lot of good ideas for this match for these for the next year. So hopefully it just gets into a whole nother thing. I'd like to see it go to the next
1: level and hopefully our production can get it there too. Yeah. Joe, uh, any final words as we uh, say goodbye?
0: Well, my battery was dead. It was dying. I ran. And just as I was about to plug in, it turned off. It was like literally a half a second. (laughs) You know, the truth of the matter is, you know, we're always growing every year that we think was the best year we've ever had. We continually surpass it. You know, we're we're we already have gone, you know, we're into 12 years and, you know. When we first started the first three, four, five, six years, nobody even ran now there's all these other people that are running and we're still the king of the mountain, you know? And there's a reason for that because we built so much fan loyalty and so much that we've done with the talent that we've brought in with the way the wrestlers deal with the fans that, you know, trying to tell stories, we've been hugely successful. And just that we're successful here in Vegas, I think we would be successful anywhere they saw FSW. And then the idea is now, again, let's let's get there. You know, we we got stopped in our tracks because everything got closed down and we barely ran for a year. And now we're starting to get our foot, you know, starting to grow again and, you know, doing the thing with GCW you know, was a big deal. You know, it showed that we could we could be on the same level as them because, you know, when you go to Twitter, you go to social media, you know, I saw some of the posts, hey, the biggest winner of the weekend was FSW because we got to be seen in more of a national spotlight for the first time. So guys like Remy Marcel and Cody and Funny Bone and, you know, the Toas and the Graves – You know, I'm pretty sure people wouldn't mind seeing not that it'll happen because they hate each other. But imagine seeing Toa and Graves against the second gear crew. You know what I mean? That could be uh, that could be fun. Yeah,
2: I mean, there's a there's a lot of good matchups that could be uh, coming out of that kind of thing. And I think when you start to set it up like for 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 Joe, it becomes this idea of making the best matchups that come to town right and a lot of the stuff ended up happening by happen chance it's always been fsw's mo right a lot of stuff happens because somebody either cancels or can't or whatever so other things have to be slid in or stuff has to get kind of moved around for all intents and purposes joe would be the first one to tell you that you know like uh, rmb was probably going to be on the show but they were they were booked someplace else so he had to make it around and then and then but you know all those things happened and and you know that you got that match of what it was and FSW's a lot of that. There's a lot of these things where we move parts around at the very last second. that ended up working, uh, brilliantly, you know, like there's just so, you know, when we call the audibles, uh, they end up being the best for that situation. And I think that's becomes, um, just how pro everybody is about it. You know, we understand what's on the table. We have to go out there and knock it out of the park. And that's usually what we end up doing. Um, it'd be great to have uh, a chance to, uh, wrestle on a GCW show, actually being like a part of the, uh, the GCW thing itself, you know, like I think you're going to get a lot of great things or a lot of good matchups and a lot of that stuff benefits Joe too. Like for me, I feel like Joe would be my, my go-to when I want to talk to promoters now because it seemingly is a better or easier route to go through right now. Right. Hey, Joe, can you go out and reach out to defy or whomever? Because it's probably my guy. my guy like- in
0: Texas hit me up. He was talking about you the, uh, last week trying to get you on the show. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> you
0: know, this but I mean uh, the, one, Joe, who, the one who uh, Vandegrift they brought in from the last one.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean again, this is this Joe has he has much of a networking in the business with, especially with the promoters as we do now, you know, and it's probably a little bit more easier. And it it means a little bit more coming from him to put your, put the, those guys out there. I mean, Joe be the first one to tell you who he, he has no problem putting the guys who he likes out there, you know, like he's going to vouch for a guy like Vandergriff or Jay Vidal because their their work speaks for itself joe knows that if i go out and represent fsw more often than not probably nine times out of ten the match is going to be solid or i'm going to be okay to to walk back through the curtain with it being like a good match you know and he only has those confidences in in being able to speak out for you and i think that's that's a big part of his growth too is he's able to he has friends everywhere now you know like joe has friends in every promotion big small whatever and i think those are Those are the types of uh, relationships you want to build, you know, and he's probably known as the guy to go through in Vegas. And that's huge because he spent a lot of time building that name. Uh, FSW. We got, we
0: got impact coming uh, twice in the next two months. And I have to be home tomorrow because they're sending a pallet of tables to my house, (laughs) which is always good because they get like five canvases, 10 tables, a whole Mm. bunch of chairs. And once they're done, we get to keep it all. So it's, yeah, the added both. I mean
2: again joe is is a guy when you go to if you're if you're going to run in vegas and you're another big promotion right and he's the guy that is vegas wrestling and i think i think as much as he wants to make a buck you know that's going to be great and there there he would love to financially stable his life through fsw that's all of our goals the idea also of having it be like there wasn't anybody in vegas you know you had buffalo jim was the, the Vegas promoter, and now that is long gone and probably will never surface. And when you talk about FSW wrestling, it's really, really going to be hard to talk about uh, Vegas wrestling without talking about Joe DeFalco. And I think that's ultimately what he, what he set out to do. So he's uh, accomplished
0: a lot. I, I think the reason we are so successful is that I was more concerned with making the company than making money because. If I wanted to make money, I could make money tomorrow. I could just not bring in Remy Marcel and not bring in Hammerstone and not bring in Graves and use all the young guys and the students that get paid little to no money. And I, ha- money.
2: I halfway, I halfway believe that. I, have, I halfway believe that because you could do that, but your quality of show is going to go down the reason why you spend the money is because you're getting the best quality of show. Nobody can sell like Remy Marcel. Nobody can come out and get the crowd like Remy Marcel or Hammerstone. You, the reason why you pay me the reason, the the money you pay me is because immediately when I walk through the curtain and it's more often than not, they go crazy or they have a reaction and they give a fuck about me. And that's what you're paying for. Uh, And you know that I'm going to go out there and put my body on the line for you. And you don't get anything mailed in more often than not, you know, like, yeah, I might ask you for a a night off of like a tag match or a multi-man match when I put in a three-day weekend but you know like you you know your, your man's getting old nowadays but <laughs> <See, laughs>
0: <you> just <laughs> that, that, that's not really what I'm saying what I'm saying is when you look at some of our cards there's 9 12 14 guys that are top name dudes like yeah. go with four or five if if the, if if the whole concern was money that's all I'm saying
2: sure I but yeah, I think to that's, have that's, the best that's...
0: show possible
2: Well, that's a that's a you thing, too. And I think that that speaks to your personality and and how you run your business. You rather have a, a top to bottom good show with making a little bit of money. You're more concerned about quality over quantity. And I think that's going to be a point where at some point it will break. It should turn the corner. You hope to believe that. And then we're doing everything we possibly can to make that happen. Now, Joey has redefined our production team. Our production team was terrible in, a, in, in the grand scheme of things. Now it runs well, like- Why a, are you a, bringing a, up
0: Skater Bob like that?
2: Now, now, now we uh, now it runs in in a position to have almost like a world oil machine. Yeah, we have our hiccups. Yeah, we have all these things, but those those are things I think are on a technology basis. If we had a multi million dollar setup switchboard, whatever the case may be, I think we're running a a a thing. If we have a production truck like Marquez where he's out there doing and calling the shots, yeah. and Joey's in there to be able to do that thing, I think all of those things are capable because everybody that's in place, whether it's Joey or Spider or Mikey on the on the uh in production they all have a value to us and i think these are the young sung heroes right if you want to shout out people like as I end this, I want to shout out our production team and everybody else that doesn't get the notoriety that they should David Lawson, who's sitting there at at, uh, concession, you and, and Rocky are sitting there taking tickets every single night or any of the other students who are trusted in the idea that, Hey, we have to trust you with taking tickets. Then it goes into our production team or who are hustled and they don't they don 't reap anything but a good show it's not like Joe has a, a big budget to pay for him. All the budget that goes into production is usually going into the equipment so they have better p- equipment to fuck around with and it's a, It's a joy for them, right? but hopefully this leads on to bigger and better things. Mikey's working with Warrior, which is great. you know he's a very talented dude who has a very vast knowledge of putting a good structured footage vignette together. You have Spider who already knows the pro wrestling side of things. He's already been in the ring for five plus years and the kid's only 22 years old. It's crazy. Right. And now he's going into production and then Joey who, while yes, he's a maniac and yes, you do run (laughs) like you guys are crazy, but it's father son shit. Uh, He still has a vast knowledge of just being the guy who did it for, you know, 12 years now, Joey's been editing our show for 12 years. You guys have been editing our show for 12 years. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. Now Joey can go into a show and cut it within the first two hours. Ben, who sits there for multi-hours after roughing all night long to make sure that that thing gets put out. These are the guys who they don't they don't get a payday. They don't get shout-out. They don't get nothing. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah.
0: Whoa, whoa. They get a little payday.
2: <laughs> okay, a little payday. A little more, payday. More often, little than taste. Than not, they get a little t- taste. They're just not getting what we all get. They don't get the adulation when, you know, as, as you know, we get the high of the adrenaline and their adrenaline high is just a little bit different. If they had a good camera shot or they caught us fucking hitting it, right. They're just, you know, they're right there. If a fucking vignette or a uh, segment works really well, Joe rid rid out a dusty finish, you know, and Sandra moon got the belt, but then they took it away. Oh, that's their big, you know, joy for the night. And I think like, you know, it's, it's the behind the scenes stuff. That nobody gets to see, and it's also them that you know. Again, they don't get you know they don't get the adulation. So those guys need it just as much as we all do. You know they they all work hard. We all are putting blood, sweat, and tears literally into this fucking place. Spiders here from twelve to twelve usually. That's crazy. You know the kid has a fucking nine to five job that he has to go and do. So these are these are things that happen. Joey's ran his first show. Right, Joey took a, a point where he was just like, I want to run my own show. And for the most part, it was kind of a success, you know.
0: <laughs> Not bad. I know, and now I gotta far. hear every single day. Like, I will <laughs> say he'll come down the stairs <laughs> October 21st, joint show. Boom, oh, oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
2: You know.
1: No, that's that's a that's a great point. It's great recognition. I think that. You know, that is kind of lost um, amongst everything the fans see. It's just uh, something that's not as appreciated because it's not something that is in front of the fans. It's behind the scenes. And uh, that is a great shout out. Um, And it's some of the best production work in the business right now. Um, As we uh, say goodbye, uh, Remy, any uh, final thoughts for you as uh, we're ready to end up? No, I, I just I
2: like to see things uh, move forward. So you know, as we kind of wrap up things, you know, I've listened to the podcast a lot. You know, uh, Mike, I think you need to hit Joe with some harder questions. I think you kind of softball him every now and then. I'm just joking, but kind of hit him with some uh, some some toughies. I know uh, he can kind of be intimidating a little bit. Joe, just infrastructure some things out of the school uh, as we talk about every single day. But I mean, you know how it is on on our end is we're all sitting here trying to put the best uh, thing forward the podcast has grown immensely since you guys have started you guys are actually doing a pre-show which is something we talked about remember i think we were at the uh man it it had been around december uh at some point right and we were talking about it being like hey let's do a a thing and you guys run a pre-show with boss and i think that's great you know like i think all of these things moving forward are wonderful things moving our product forward so that's as we wrap up for me, I just like to see it kind of keep going in that direction. Um, and hopefully when we get to a point to uh, get residuals, everybody gets to uh, get a piece of that pie. You know, I, I have faith that Joe likes to disperse, um, you know, rewards, you know, he, he does, he's a giver, man. He, he's always been that way with me when he has, he does. So I, that's why everybody boil, to him. He they work their asses off for him. Joe's probably one of the only promoters that will get a guy to come in for maybe under his rate and maybe get a little to do a little bit of extra things like skewers to the head. So these are things that you know you will go you will go into war with the idea that this dude has has done the same for you. And that's kind of they always gonna be the outing that I have with FSW, with Joe, with Rocky, is they've given me a platform, Joe especially. I mean, I I'd be the first one to tell you, I get my, my free reign with Joe. Like <laughs> I'm able to kind of, kind of stupid shit. too. Sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's like, I let him do something. It's like, fuck, that was terrible.
2: Uh, but, it, but moving, moving it forward. Like, you know, they, I appreciate that. And like, not a lot of people are awarded that, especially here in this company where some people might think that that's um, beneficial for me, or they might even be mad at that. I get that kind of stuff, you know, and I, just want to let everybody know that I'm appreciative and I'm grateful to be able to do that for this company, you know, and more often than not, I think like everybody kind of puts their best foot forward when we're going out there. As soon as we have a show, everybody's on the same page that we're going to go out there and kill it because we believe in the company, whether you had a disagreement with Joe or whether you believe that you should be paid or not paid the end of the days, the people that did pay, which was our, our audience that night, the faithful, we go out there and give it for them. So that's, you know, that's my final thought on it.
1: And thank you for having me. Absolutely, um, that's a great point to wrap up. Um, also, Joe, I think out of all this, the the one thing I got is Remy Marcel wants to wrestle Nick Gage at the next GCW episode. <laughs> fuck. I, I think
0: no, he wants the main the, event.
2: Yes. No, no, no. I said there's like Moxley and Chris Masters were were two names <laughs> that were going around, but Nick Gage, Jesus! I think that's a Cody thing, man. I mean,
0: yeah, fuck. How and do you not? How do you not a, have that
2: singles? How do you not that have that? That could be FSW
0: GCW two. Nick Cage gets the build back, and it's for the GCW title. <laughs> <Fuck>. But what <laughs> we'll do is we're just going to start. What we're going to do is we're just going to have like an alleyway match, like No Peace does, without the ring. No yes, you too. So get ready for some light. Yeah. Arrow was interested, he said. So. Well,
2: brother, brother, we, we got we got the hallway or
0: the, the alleyway right outside the school. We can just put yeah. some cars around. That's what I'm saying. We don't even
2: yeah. – Yeah, we don't even need it. Uh,
0: who was it? Owen Hart? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> That'll be the main event. Nick Gade, everybody can stand on the cars. It'll be even yeah. better. Yeah. You know, that's
2: – Cutthroat Cody.
0: Sorry, all right, Cody. I'll find out when GCW's <laughs> coming back, baby. We'll get it done. And uh, you could have the rematch with uh, Atticus.
2: Sure, but I, I if I had to give you a GCW guy that I really want is uh the Everett Connors guy, man. Uh, Have you seen that guy? That guy is something special, bro. Like that Everett Connors guy is whew, Yeah. He can re- he can was wrestle he in, and he, was he had, in
0: Vegas for their show. He
2: was he was not. He, you didn't That's what I'm saying. I didn't
0: think I said his name because yeah, he mentioned but, it. I'm like, I don't even see this guy
2: here. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a GCW name for sure that I what I want. I mean <laughs> Brother, did you Oh man, if you man, if you ever get a chance to sit down with Effie again, talk to him about the Ricky Morton match. That is fucking classic. Oh, yeah. I am I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to save you guys that one because that shit is classic. I was like, "How was it working with him?" And he told me a good story, bro. It's just oh, yeah. hilarious. It's hilarious. You definitely need to get an F-y, uh with Ricky Morton. His, his fucking weekend was Ricky Morton, Disco Inferno, and like a Warface fucking thing, right? Or uh, like a street fight. Oh, my God. What a weekend. What a fucking weekend for that guy. Jesus.
1: <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, until next week, we'll see you then.